This is another episode of Kaiju Transmissions. I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to do this. Woo! Yes. <laughs> we, uh, now, of course, it's me, it's Bird. You know, you know me. Now, who, I'm, I'm with, uh, I, I got my, my co-host Matt here. Hey, everybody. And then we have a special guest. We have with us Tom, a.k.a. Jelly, whatever he wants to go by today, of the Second Run podcast, um, and something else that he's been mysterious about. Yeah, because uh, I've recorded two episodes of it in the last three months, so it's, <laughs> it's coming along slowly. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us, Tom. I, I think at this point you have been a guest longer than anyone, or, or uh, more often, than any other special guests that we've had. Woo! Setting records. That's right. Come at me. Come at me, Eric. What you got? <laughs> <laughs> He's taking a break from his... Uh, uh, having the new Metallica album on repeat to join us for a uh, a Kaiju Transmissions first, uh, and that is a uh, commentary on the movie Godzilla's Revenge, um, yes. which these days the kids may now refer to it by its international title, All Monsters Attack, which is the same title. It is out on uh, on DVD. I'm I'm not quite sure I like that title, but the title Godzilla's Revenge doesn't make much sense either. So, um, uh, I, I we're gonna this whole movie is uh, kind of an anomaly. However, it's 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 an anomaly that I think the three of us, to various degrees, enjoy. Correct. That is correct. We yeah. actually <laughs> we actually kind of expedited this episode. It's something that we'd been talking about for a while now. Uh and then uh we were all very deflated after election day. Um <laughs> and then things just kept crazy people have been filling up the 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 White House more or less. Uh and people on the streets are acting a damn fool and I think it was Tom that said, guys, can we just record this commentary? I need some some joy in my life right now. I need some some hope. Some childlike joy. And, and some and a and a message of how punching things can solve all your problems. <laughs> oh, we're gonna get into the fucked up message of this crazy movie. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> I can't wait till the end. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> I, uh, I'll, I'll say it though. Like I, I pushed for this, like in general, because I, I wanted to do an episode just defending this, this, this movie. And while we talked about like doing an episode defending it, Bird was like, uh, "You know, the movie itself is only like just like an hour and ten minutes long. We should just do a commentary, <laughs> and and we could just get into all that stuff. And and yeah, I, I think this will be fun. This might be the first time." Uh, just about anybody. I think, what is it, David? Does David Callett have a commentary on um, this? The commentary on, on the DVD is uh, Richard Pusateri, who's uh, yeah. written for a lot of magazines and stuff. This is probably like the second time anyone's ever attempted to do a commentary on this movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is uh, one of, I would say it's in the five, three to five most maligned Godzilla movies out of 31 entries. Uh, and we'll be talking about why it may or may not deserve that. Um, and, uh, yes, Tom, Tom especially wanted to come on and, and 
talk about why he doesn't think the movie's so bad. And uh, we'll get into all that. Spoiler alert. I don't necessarily disagree with him. Uh, so we have the movie synced to... Uh, uh, we are using the DVD of the U.S. version. And we have the movie on at four seconds in. So you should see the blue uh, screen with the yellow letters saying a UPA Productions of America release at four seconds in. And then uh, when I count to three, all of us, meaning... Hang on. What? Are you going to say one, two, three, go, (laughs) and we hit play on go, or one, two, three? How would you prefer it? I prefer guest. one, two, three. One, two, three, go. I okay, think works we'll do better. one, two, three, go. And then all of us, including uh, the four of you listening at home, uh, <laughs> will press the play button, and we will enjoy, or maybe you won't, uh, this uh, very odd Godzilla film. Okay, everyone, everyone, you guys, you guys, ready? You guys, good? You're ready? Finger ready. on the button. Okay, one, two, yep. three, go. And yes, now we have this is, very odd. Is that basically the only difference between this version and the Japanese version? Is just like the the intro song. As far as I know, yeah. Um, uh, I I believe they're both. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, the the dubbed version is five seconds shorter and I'm assuming it's I'm assuming it's five seconds dealing with this opening credit sequence here maybe I, I would think it's the Toho logo yeah something like that um, so Godzilla's revenge uh, well it's interesting we just passed the music by uh, and uh, crown theme- records <laughs> yeah yeah the theme song uh, I think it's monsters March or some bullshit uh, I don't know but um, Curtis by Crown Records uh, is not the song <laughs> that we're listening to. Uh, the song we're listening to is Untitled, and nobody <laughs> by knows. Untitled? <laughs> yeah, it's Untitled by Untitled, and uh, no one knows where this song came from. Um, we did, I'm not sure if it's going to air before or after this episode, but we just did an episode all about kaiju music, and. Uh, we were discussing this theme song because we it's on a little uh, playlist. We did kind of like our own little radio show in the second half of that episode. And as far as we know, this this was a, a library track, so it was pre-existing, not written for this film, and no one knows where the hell it came from. Um, now, all those opening shots of Destroy All Monsters in the beginning of this movie... I, as a kid, had no movie what they came from, or yeah, no idea either. what movie what they came from. I was just about to from. say that. <laughs> um, I mean, I, this was maybe the, I don't know, fifth, sixth, something like that Godzilla movie I ever saw. And, I mean, I didn't see Destroy All Monsters. It was probably one of the last Godzilla movies I, I, I saw, in a way. You know, like, I don't know, one of the last library films, like before they started making new ones during my lifetime, um, that I saw. So I had no idea what movie those came from for the longest time. I don't think I saw it until ADV put it out, actually. Uh, that's when I think most people who are around our age saw it. Uh, I, I, had, I, I was lucky enough to come into ac- access to 
the gray market uh, at a very <laughs> a young age and early stage in my fandom. So I was able to see this movie. Is is Ichiro's friend a, a, a boy or a girl? That is a girl, my friend. Wow. I I can't remember where I first Boys don't wear skirts. That. I can't remember where I first That's heard That's not necessarily that. true anymore. Blew my mind. I was like, wait, I thought he was, I thought that was his boy. Like, I thought that was his boy. <laughs> the music is amazing. Um, the music's awesome in this movie. Well, we, okay, well, I, this is interesting. What? So, uh, Tom, you already said you actually like this movie quite a bit. Matt, what, where, where do you fall on Godzilla's Revenge? Yeah, it's not my favorite movie, but I actually enjoy it. Uh, especially now that I have a kid. It kind of, it, I feel like once you have a child, you begin to look at movies like Godzilla's Revenge that were made for children specifically uh, a lot differently than when you saw them yourself. And I didn't see this movie until I was probably a teenager. So I, I didn't like it then, but I do like it now. See, I did see this movie as a kid. Um, uh, I actually taped this off of TNT's Monster Vision. <laughs> Remember that? Rest in peace. <laughs> I love um, <laughs> when I was a kid, and that's that's for the longest time that was my copy of the movie, which I sadly do not have anymore. Uh, God, I had this before then. Like I had, I had like a copy off of like TBS. Yeah, like TBS back- used to run a bunch of Godzilla stuff. This and yeah. uh, I think they ran Son of Godzilla quite often. By TNT, the way, they were- uh, are the ones that did Monster Vision, and they I I just miss Monster Vision. Um, here, uh, Ichiro has his, an odd fascination with vacuum tubes that <laughs> I, I don't quite understand. You know, I, I don't exactly understand like the vacuum tubes thing, but I, I don't know for me, like it's something I definitely related to as a kid and that I think in a way I can still kind of relate to is like, oh, I remember when I was a kid and like, you know, you'd, you'd find a a broken TV or something behind a, a a video store or something like that. And you'd, you'd take it out to the parking lot and smash it open and like look at all the stuff on the inside and like that kind of stuff. I don't know. It's just, it's like a kid being a kid and like just finding yeah. cool stuff. Well, I and, think in the context of this movie, it's easily, it's the probably the most easily explained is that like his family's on the verge of poverty and he just loved like, that's like his version of like finding a toy, but we see later he has Godzilla toys. So I I, I don't know what what's up with that. Um, he it, well, I mean, it is ultimately explained in that he builds his little radio that he uses to contact Minya. <laughs> they don't say that's why he needs the tube. This poor painter. <laughs> this dude is the best. Well, at the um, end of the film, anyway, it's hilarious. So, uh, well, uh, to set the stage here. Um, I mean, I would ultimately, this is, this probably is a little lower on my, my, you know, power ranking of Godzilla movies, maybe even in the, the bottom five-ish. However, I do feel like it's a smarter movie than people give it credit for. Um, and, uh, it's probably the weakest of Ashiro Honda's films. Uh, he's known for making really all of the best Godzilla movies, but, here we're, we we have something different. Part of that is uh, that this movie comes at a time where 
the Japanese film industry is has pretty much crashed. Uh, like, Destroy All Monsters was intended to be the last movie in the series, um, but then uh, they wanted some of that Gamera money, more or less, um, and Gamera versus Virus had recently come out, which had an abundance of stock footage, and they realized, hey, we can make these movies for cheaper, and, uh, you know, the... Then we have got that's why Godzilla's Revenge is the way that it is. Um, this movie and I think Yogg represent a very awkward stage because uh, it, it's 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 kind of where the Japanese film industry it's growing pains. The, the, it's a weird transition between like the classic era of the '60s and the like uh, the bonkers, super low budget, bizarre post Subaraya stuff of the 70s. Um, now, the thing that I think does get overlooked a lot is uh, that this is a movie, like most of Honda's films, that is saying something. That is, there. Th- this movie is a much more socially conscious film than people give it credit for. Um, the idea of a, a, a kid who is friends with Minya and watches stock footage, I mean, yeah, on paper that sounds yeah. silly. But if you watch the movie, you, you realize that um, in the kind of uh, late 60s era Japan, uh, that's what this movie's about. Uh, this is when the two-income family uh, ha- ha- was on the rise, and housing projects were, uh, were big, and uh, slums were getting crowded and polluted and 69 the late 60s and 70s japan had one of the worst pollution problems out of any country in the world which is where godzilla versus hetera came from that's why in this movie you get the smokestacks the uh and the the that imagery um it popped up here first uh and and going back to what i said about the two income family and the nuclear family being kind of disintegrated at this point um just because of the economical issues and everything you had in around in the u.s around the same time you saw the a growth of the same thing uh with the the kind of the baby boomer generation and here we have um the latchkey kids the kids who yeah yeah they they come home they they go to school and they come home and they're they're they, they don't have parents um, usually they're left with uh, a babysitter or, or, or a neighbor, um, and they see or their parents. Or a deranged toy maker. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and they see their parents maybe a couple times a week. And yes, here we are introduced to uh, um, uh, uh, Heisei Amamoto um, as the toy maker. And Heisei Amamoto, you know, probably mo- his most famous role is probably Doctor Who and King Kong Escapes. Uh, this is uh, one of his more popular roles, though. And yeah, he's he's making really just odd toys and stepping on hot glue guns or iron, curling irons or something. What is that? <laughs> I always thought it was just a cigarette, but then he no, maybe put a cigarette, a cigarette in the ashtray. But, so. um, but yeah, no, I mean, this, this movie... Speaks to uh, it, it's weird how many people hate hate this movie and say like Ichiro is one of the most annoying 
kid characters ever to appear in a kaiju movie. I don't know I think how anybody who's seen the Showa Gamera films <laughs> has a problem with Ichiro. I think Ichiro is one of I the, think he's one of the I most relatable the, children characters. He, he, I think he's, he's way less obnoxious than any of the kids in the Gamera movies. I think, I mean, I think maybe, I think maybe the, the, his voice in the dub is obnoxious because it's obviously an adult trying to sound like a child, but I, other than that, than that, excuse me. Other than that, I I really don't see how he's obnoxious. Um, he's he he really is a kid that just minds his own business. He doesn't whine a lot. He does. He's not loud. He's not constantly demanding for Coca Cola. Uh, <laughs> My son literally does that, guys. <laughs> it's demand like, Coca Cola. You're living in Gamera versus Zegra. Is what you're telling me? <laughs> oh man, he's. I mean, I think he's really relatable. I mean, he's just a he's a kid who, like, yeah, is. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of friends. He gets picked on at school. Like, I, how many? Let's be honest, kaiju fans out there. Like, how many of you were super popular in grammar school? <laughs> you know, like here you got a, a kid who who's like his best friend is an imaginary monster, and. His parents aren't around a lot, and even when they are, he even like you get the feeling that they're just they're just not that close. Yeah. Um, and it's like and he it, escapes it, into his he escapes into his imagination, and like how many of us didn't when we were kids? Like, I I grew up in Buffalo, and I remember like I used to Buffalo, New York, <laughs> um, and I used to pretend like when it was when it was snowy out that like I was Godzilla like rampaging through a city when I was like walking through all the snow drifts and stuff. So like I don't know, it's just something about this like wanting to hang out with Godzilla and be friends with Minya and stuff like that that to me is very relatable. Uh, I also again of course when i was a kid i thought he actually went on a jet to monster island like. <laughs> i wanted that radio so i could uh <laughs> take a trip a lot of people give a chiro shit for his shorts but this is what was cool back then this was this was the style for whatever or in the in the 60s you know i mean and his uh his the the, the plane is uh piloted, piloted by nobody <laughs> <laughs> and it talks and it lands by mystery. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess I guess I'll bring it up uh, a little bit later. Um, but there is something to be said about just how the rest of how how Honda directs the non-monster island scenes, um, especially in comparison to to these. Um, we see on Monster Island, we see you know lush greenery and uh color and blue skies and what's ichiro's home life uh that what what's his atmosphere pollution toxic smog he's playing like uh well we'll see in a little a little bit later that's why i said i said we'll save for later but i just went into it anyway so i'm not saving it for <laughs> later um we do see, you know, he plays in warehouses where he finds tubes that are like he collects for again some weird reason, um, and they they're very much kind of uh, these dilapidated, just really shitty buildings. Be- being from Detroit, I see anytime I go go downtown, I see tons of buildings like that, and. Uh, again, we're we're dealing with a, a, a 
Japan going through these growing pains of having people move into these crowded housing projects and the rise of pollution. And it's, I mean, these are very deliberate, like Honda is a very deliberate filmmaker and he knows the imagery that he's, he's, he's playing with. So that's why we're seeing burned out factories and, uh, and, and, dirty walls and, you know, big industrial metal doors and these dilapidated buildings, because he, these are the ghettos of Japan, pretty much, and, and he's saying, what is that, what does that do to a kid who, who has no parents, because his parents both need to work probably all day, and maybe get to see him a couple times a week. What a kid like that is going to retreat. What's a kid like that going to retreat into? He's going to retreat into things like his fandoms, his his monster movies, and they're going to. I mean, they 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 consume him. And I mean, how many of us grew up in similar conditions? Where I mean, I know I was raised by a single mother, and I I was taken care of by my grandparents during the day and before the internet. It was boring as hell. <laughs> all I, I I literally just sat there and wa- I watched monster movies all day, and I, I mean it, it, that's again that's, it's very strange that this is such a maligned movie because I think Ichiro in ways that and maybe it's in ways that fans just aren't comfortable with or don't want to admit he is kind of all of us really, um, and it, it's very interesting that that Honda would make a, a Godzilla film that takes place. I mean, it's never directly said, but I think it's it's pretty obvious that I, I think this movie takes place outside of the Toho universe, and it, he's showing you, hey, this is what life for a kid in Japan in these conditions in this time is like, and he's he's saying, hey, this is they they're gonna, <laughs> this is what they're gonna do. They're gonna daydream about going to Monster Island and being a friend of, of Godzilla's son. And for for Toho to be like, okay, how do we cash in on a ga- on the the Gamera uh, success? How do we make monster movies with a fraction of the budgets we've been making them for because it's all we can afford? I think it's actually a pretty ingenious idea and a pretty novel concept that they came up with in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, and I, yeah, that's I. I've always, you know, I mean, if you want, if you're looking for like a way to rationalize it in your head, like a, a head cannon, like then, then yeah, consider this movie as taking place not in the Godzilla world, but in the real world where Godzilla is in movies. And so when this kid retreats into his imagination and sees Godzilla fighting Kamakuras, what is he going to imagine? He's not going to imagine some. Uh, some form of Godzilla he's never seen before fighting the Kamakuras, he's going to imagine the son of Godzilla form. And when he imagines uh, him fighting Ebera or Abira or whatever the hell it's called, the sea monster, he's going to imagine Godzilla versus the sea monster. So if you're looking for a way to rationalize it, it, it is there for you within the context of the movie itself and that this all happens in his imagination. Um and here, here we go. Here he is. Yes. Come on over here. I won't hurt you. Little man. No. <laughs> little man Marchan, a uh, a who is a uh, a little person wrestler, uh, playing Minya for the third and final time. Uh, and this now, is now. I never understood. I've always kind of looked for it. Where the eye holes are for 
the Minya costume. Probably in the neck. That's where most of the eye holes for but the it's, monsters are. He doesn't, like, have, he a doesn't have a neck. <laughs> well, then I'm sorry. The poor guy can't see. <laughs> uh, and this would be Minya's final appearance until uh, 2004's Godzilla Final Wars, where he uh, stopped a shooting. And um, I'm... <laughs> And I'm I'm told that he has been stopping or attempting to stop and fail at stopping uh, public shootings around the world right now. Uh, Was that you forgot about taste? God? You forgot about God, man. <laughs> oh yeah, he <laughs> would show up uh, as an evil space alien with a pacifier in his mouth. That is the most terrifying thing I think I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> so. So something I wanted to talk about, though, and you know, I wanted Bird was on his uh, his uh, well deserved uh, piece about you know the the stark contrast between the the imagination and the reality in this movie, and uh, is just we we got 13 minutes into the movie and we got an appearance by oh I gotta stop myself where does this kid's mom work is this like a uh, I think the idea is <laughs> she works at some kind of uh, I don't know, like kind, a place probably... where there's all ladies that line up to meet the boys at the door. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I know it's, I know it's addressed on the commentary, but I don't remember where where they said it. Like, I mean, oh, come back soon, boys. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Maybe a bathhouse or something. I don't know. Um, no, but but <laughs> that's just. Uh, but but no, what I, we got 13 minutes in and we got the first appearance by Godzilla and like something I've been very conscious of as you know Matt said he's got a he's got a kid I think our kids are like three months apart or something like that I've been very conscious of like the pacing in these movies as I've been watching them with my kids because like you know my my daughter does have the attention span she's like two and a half she has the attention span to watch a movie. But it has to hold her interest, you know, like she watches the all of Winnie the Pooh from beginning to end. She'll sit and watch all of Son of Godzilla, actually, from beginning to end. Because if you really sit down and watch that movie, there's like a monster scene like every 10 minutes at least. And so even though there might not be like the most screen time for Godzilla for whoever that that one maniac was who who compiled it all. Um, I think Son of Godzilla is, you know, maybe, like maybe just somewhere in the middle. It's it's spread out enough and it and it's paced so well that like it holds the attention of a child. And I think this movie is a really good example of that. You know, 13 minutes in, we had the first per- appearance of Godzilla, we had uh him fighting Kamakuras, him fighting the giant condor, we had the first appearance of the main antagonist in in Gabra. Um it, this movie is paced really well. Uh it gives us, you know, a good smattering of of Godzilla monster of Godzilla action and kaiju action and and kid action and stuff that's that's not all just crammed into just the ending or just a few big set pieces or something and I think that's something that uh, in general has been has been lost a little bit in uh, in in movies in general is you get like a couple of big set pieces and in these sixties Godzilla movies it was more about like. All right, Godzilla shows up, and you know now for the rest of the movie he's peppered in and out, and I think this movie's really well paced in that regard. I agree; it, it is very well paced. Um, this is kind of where I was going to go on the whole spiel about the dilapidated buildings and all that, uh, but yeah, it's right here. Um, 
They are very broken down. I mean, they, they look like junkyards practically. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, the, the, when you when you're a, a, a what maybe eight year old boy and this is where you're playing after school. I mean, think about think about what this kid is going through. That's why he's immersed himself in monster movies. Well, yeah, I, I mean, and see, he then could also this be is a like, copper thief. Maybe, maybe the <laughs> he's a copper thief. Can go sell it on the street. <laughs> um, maybe this is where I've just always kind of related to this more than than other people. Like, I grew up in in Buffalo, New York, which is not an economic uh, uh, an economic <laughs> boon town of America. Dude, I'm I'm from Detroit. You don't have to. Oh, tell I know. Me that. <laughs> uh, and like, yeah, I mean, both of my parents worked. And I was very luckily lucky not to have, not to be a latchkey kid. My dad worked third shift, so my dad was around. My dad was always gone at night. My mom was always, you know, gone during the day. Um, but like, yeah, both my parents worked. I mean, I grew up pretty poor though. Like, I didn't, you know, I I didn't realize it until I was older. And I was like, God, I like I wore so many hand me downs, and you know, like th- the food we ate was like was was not good uh and like just just those kinds of like i mean i'm not gonna say like i was like living in poverty but i just i didn't have money when i was growing up and so like yeah i used to play in a in a public park where there were like uh old like falling down um is it racket not racquetball but like handball uh courts or whatever where there's like the big cement wall in front of you you know the game that he plays in big um (laughs) Like, I, like there were like old dilapidated ones of those with like beer bottles, and like we would like play like hucking the beer bottles against the cement and seeing if we could break them or not break them. And like, I mean, that was the kind of games that I played when I was a kid. So like, I do relate to like going in an old dilapidated building and finding like cool sh- cool stuff and like picking it up and picking up a driver's license and and like just stuff like that that you think is just just fun and cool and and playing with it because you know like. Being at home isn't isn't really that fun, and there's you know like there is no internet, so there is no like escape. And I mean, I only owned a few of these movies on on tape, um, and I wasn't allowed to hog the one TV that we had, you know. So like you went outside and played, and this was this was the atmosphere I played in. It wasn't necessarily a building like this, but it was some broken down parks and stuff. Um. The idea of a movie where a, a child with a kind of a rough life uh, dev- kind of creates their own fantasy world is is not a new one. However, um, when I say that general uh, trope, uh, is there a particular movie that you guys think of? Uh, maybe within the last ten years. Considered a masterpiece. Hello. <laughs> Pan's Labyrinth? Thank you. Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, I don't think that's the last ten years anymore, is it? Oh my god. If if it if it's more, I'm I'm old. It's just, You're old. Yeah. You're old. <laughs> I remember seeing that in the theater. Oh Lord. Uh anyway. Great film for anyone who is crazy enough to have not seen it. Um uh, and I don't bring that up just because of the Del Toro connection and the Kaiju Pacific Rim thing. I bring that up because uh, Del Toro, as a a 
before he did Pacific Rim, uh, a big fan of kaiju movies, particularly the ones of Ishiro Honda, um, he has admitted that uh, this is one of the movies he was very conscious of when he had made Pan's Labyrinth. Um, uh, this movie and also Val Luton's Curse of the Cat People are two movies that he he has mentioned as, I don't know if I want to say informing Plant Pan's Labyrinth, but movies that he was very conscious and very aware of. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like on on some levels this movie, you know, it's it's not perfect. It's not one of the best. But I think that there, there is more to it than people want to give it credit for. And I, I only bring up Del Toro to kind of say, like, hey, if we're not selling you on maybe reevaluating the movie and maybe at least trying to view it with uh, a different mindset, I mean, look at just take it take it from from him. Now, I, I think this is just a smarter movie than than people give it credit for. Although it's now, definitely got its problems. You guys. I know Bird, at least. You say you prefer the Japanese version. Uh, just because uh, of... Uh, I, it, it, for two reasons. Because, A, oh, I don't have to listen... Here comes the most delicious-looking scene in cinema history. Sorry to interrupt. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm so hungry this, right now. Hold on, hold on. The, the, the steak scene in Captain America... Trump. No, I'd rather, I'd rather eat this sukiyaki than that steak. Oh, you're crazy. I mean, this looks good, but that steak... I'm so hungry. We need to have a movie. We need to have a movie wars <laughs> about what look- <laughs> sukiyaki versus steak. What what movie uh, what what uh, movie meal looks more delicious? <laughs> it does look good. I'm not gonna not even gonna mess around. Um, uh, uh, you got so me you way thrown the- off on this because now you- I'm just focusing on. <laughs> Like, I can smell it coming out of my TV. And it's I'm drooling into my microphone right now. Thank you, Tom. So you, you prefer the, oh, yes. the, the subtitle, the because, Japanese language. Uh, for the most part, I do like the dub. It's because there's two voices I don't have to listen to, and that's Ichiro and Minya, um, <laughs> both of whom in the Japanese cut just sound like regular kids. Uh, and I like that. And I, 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 like, I like that Minya would talk like a regular kid more than Barney Rubble. Just feeling lonesome because I got no friends. <laughs> I really, honestly, I really do feel like the that is one of the reasons why this movie gets so much shit because <laughs> people can't stand Minya because of that voice. That's crazy to me. Like, I don't know. I, I like that voice, but like the voices that I really like, I love the voices of the two bank robbers. Like <laughs> it's it's very. Looney Tunes to me almost well, like one of the bank robbers the, is the same voice as Minya. Have you noticed that? Is it the same? Yes, yeah, the same voice, same guy. Oh, because like I noticed, like like you've got the one who's like, "Hey, don't do that," you know, like the 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 gruff guy, and then you got like the bumbling buffoon who's like, oh, "I'm sorry, I don't know what I'm doing." Like, uh, I also I, I don't like understand voices. why like Ichiro walks up to that car every day and humps it. I... <laughs> I like the voice of the guy who uh, who's trying to sell the car. Who's like voiced by I don't know, like like Dame Edna or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, get away from there! Like, uh, I like the voice of the toy maker. I like Ichiro's voice. Like, I don't have any problem with Ichiro's voice in, in the dub. And and Minya, I don't know. It, it's it's something that I've just become. Maybe I'm just 
ear blind to it or something. Like I've become so used to it over the years that I almost bristle against the, his his voice as a almost like a little girl uh, in the Japanese version. Uh, but here we get another acid trip, <laughs> Monster Island, and I, this is just. I love that the the headphones go with him. <laughs> um, the, but it's yeah. As for why he's humping the car, I don't know. No, I I don't understand a lot of his behavior. <laughs> <laughs> you wonder if they just like told like this kid to just run around this set and do whatever you want for a bit. Like we'll just we'll just film you. <laughs> and uh, of course we we haven't talked about Gabra yet. Gabra, who I would think any anyone who's listening to this has seen the movie. As as we know, Gabra is the name of the bully who torments Ichiro, and he's also the name of the monster bully who torments Minya, and he's one of the oddest... How terrifying, by the way, that, like, okay, so if this whole Monster Island stuff takes place in his imagination, right, and Gabra is the name of the Monster Island bully and his bully, basically, this is the way... Ichiro's subconscious views his bully. Yes. That's pretty terrifying. What? <laughs> now, uh, ga- what is... Oh, you're back! I, is, ga- is Gabra an actual name? It sounds like a monster name more than a person's name. Oh, I wonder. Like, is there a, a, a Japanese person named Gabra anywhere? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I have no idea. Godzilla says I should learn to fight my own battles, don't you know? <laughs> Here we see what looks like a puppet more than a... More than a suit? Yeah. It. Uh-huh. Something's... Uh-huh. Yeah. God, no. Such an, Minya is such an anomaly <laughs> because he looks nothing like Godzilla. I just don't understand why they thought a baby Godzilla would look like that. I just... Yeah, I don't. I mean, he ultimately starts to look more like Godzilla, especially like you know this costume certainly looks more like Godzilla than like the newborn puppet. Which, when that thing is born, like it looks like a baby Godzilla. I'm like, based on what? Like, <laughs> it has it has no spines. Like, it looks, based it looks on, like a, tur- a turkey. It has no t- oh turkeyzilla. It, oh yeah, it, it grew up to be the uh, the the Shin Godzilla. Uh, I don't even want to talk about that stupid thing again. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. Those um, memes are great, and you know it. The memes are better than the movies. This, <laughs> to me, like when I was a kid, and I don't know, maybe it was because like I grew up on this and Ghidra and Son of Godzilla, like we've talked about, like oh, and Sea Monster, obviously. It, it seemed to me like playing volleyball with a rock was like a staple. Of Godzilla movies. Well, this when, is, uh, <laughs> I mean, in, in scenes like this is what kind of gives these, I guess, more kid-friendly Godzilla movies kind of their reputation. But I, this is camp, and it's in, it's it's camp, and they know it, and it's there for kids to clap at, you know? I mean, it, yeah. It, it, I I guess that that's just kind of the framework just for this whole movie. Is 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 this like a high? And when I when I bring up all this social context and stuff that is there and very deliberately there, I'm not trying to say this is like a piece of art, amazing, deep art. I'm just saying for what this movie is, which is a, a movie for kids about ages five to eight, 
it's saying a lot of things that are relatable to them and it it's a com- it's it this movie is accomplishes i would say most of its goals most of them that's and that's we- my argument you know is is people talk about this movie like it's a it's a complete and utter failure and it's an embarrassment to the series and i don't know, it's to me, this this movie accomplishes exactly what it sets out to do. I well, mean, I, the thing it, is, it stumbles along the way for sure. But well, the uh, thing is, whether, whether you feel like it's extremely flawed, whether you love it, whether you hate it, you have to look at the the purpose and the intent and the context in which this movie was created. This is not like every other Godzilla movie, like Godzilla versus Hedera, like Shin Godzilla. Like the 98 film, it's a weird outlier in the series. And because of that, you kind of have to look at it in a different framework than you would look at something like Godzilla vs. The Thing or Godzilla vs. Biollante. Those types of Godzilla movies are kind of the norm in structure, structure, formula, and intention. And this is, movie is one of a handful that deviates from that on such a level that you have to kind of consider it under a completely different framework in order to really not only appreciate the movie, but really just absorb what this movie is and why the, why it's the way that it is. People want to just throw a, a blanket over every movie in the series and kind of judge them all on the same criteria. But you really can't do that, and that's really not how any really intelligent film criticism or film analysis works. Now what's what's this? I, I've I've heard some about it, but I don't know know a lot about it. Uh, about um, Ishiro was it? No, it was it was Superaya was sick during oh, the, the Superaya was literally dying when they made. Is it. The, and and is that is that part of the reason why there's a lot of stock footage too? Is that um, I think well I think the stock. Footage, I know you talked about like it's basically that the and I, and I know that context too that like. The the six the the late sixties and definitely then the seventies is where the Japanese film industry died. More, essentially, I think it's more that, and they they looked at Gamera versus Virus and said, "Hey, we can make this really cheap and just use footage from other movies." However, um, it is that this is a good time to talk about this because obviously this has to be a big issue when deal when discussing this movie is that this is the first one that has Subaraya did not work on. He's listed as special effects director in the credits, but that's purely an honorary credit. Um, he did not work on this movie at all. He was too sick, uh, and he died um, maybe a couple weeks after this movie came out, I want to say. Uh, and it's also interesting because this is the f- um, only Godzilla movie in history where the director of the uh, human scenes also directed... The monster scenes, and that's Ashiro Honda uh, stepping out of his comfort zone a little bit, probably because Subaraya is out of commission. Um, he had some help from Nakano and uh, you know some of the usual Toho crew, but um, uh, I think his his reasons for um, directing the special effects sequences they were mostly done to save on time and money. Um, but also, I mean, Subaraya not being around definitely has a little bit to do with that as well. Um, also, uh, maybe also just the fact that this movie has probably more direct contact between, you know, someone in a monster suit and uh, a human cast member. So, 
<laughs> we won, we won, we won. <laughs> Man, I love his yellow hair. <laughs> he is one of the weirdest looking monsters Gabra ever. Gabra is such a weird... Gabra is nothing like any monster that you would ever see it, in a Godzilla is he movie. based on something? Like, Are we aware of he, him being based on any like folklore? Is it just a weird... Uh, I feel like I've heard theories all over the place in regards to Gabra. Um, I can tell you in uh, his episode of God Man, he is a frog that like gets zapped by aliens. And, <laughs> and well, I mean, that makes sense. That. I mean, you had a pacifier. He can and, be a... I've, heard him refer- I've, I've also heard that. him refer to being referred to as a troll. Um, I've heard him referred to as, uh, or at least his design... Having origin. Oh my God, that shot's horrendous. Um, <laughs> the crotch shot. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've also heard him uh, there being origins, at least in his design of uh, of Japanese oni masks and things yeah, like I that. Yeah, I could definitely see the I oni could see mask that. thing. Yeah. Sure. Why does he sound like a pig? Why does Minya sound like a pig? Why does Gabra sound like a car that won't start? I don't know. <laughs> see. Oh, see now. I have an interesting. So. The the Gabra sounding like a car at times, I I think has something to do. It almost feels like it's incorporated in the movie, uh, where there's like a moment. Maybe it's there, more. There's a moment later where there a car won't start, and Ichiro thinks of Gabra. But I almost thought it was because you know Ichiro throughout the early part of the movie, in the very early part of the movie, goes, "Oh, that sounds just like a monster when he like the tires squeal." I um, remember so there, there is a I scene think, like that. I'm just trying to remember where it's at now. Now this is this is just headcanon, right? Like because Ichiro is thinking that like car squealing and stuff like that sounds like a monster, and since Gabra is made up in his head, then he has to use sounds from his head to make up Gabra's roar. So it's a it's like a car thing because that's what Ichiro. Now as for Minya's sounds, I I don't know why he's always sounded more like a donkey actually. <laughs> <laughs> that, okay. That's fair. Yeah, I think that's probably but, more apt. Yeah, that's even in Son of Godzilla. Trust me, that that's in Son of Godzilla. Oh, yeah. I know it's always sounded weird. because yeah. I watch. I I get to watch Son of Godzilla like two or three times a week these days. Uh, Gabra really fate, does have the oddest roar of any monster I've ever heard. So now here you got the palm trees. I think those are put there. And earlier, when Godzilla was fighting Kumonga, there was a giant lump of rock put there as like a mat shot. Um, when he was fighting Kumonga, it was because there was Minya and they were, they were matting him out of the shot. Uh, because if you watch Son of Godzilla, that's when Kumonga is about to eat Minya. Um, and obviously in the, in this movie, Minya standing over with Ichiro, the, the palm trees there at the beginning of this, I think are due to, uh, I think Kumi Mizuno was uh, visible in the shot. So they palm treat her out of yeah, it. Godzilla was being, uh, he was acting like King Kong. <laughs> Oh man! They did a, this movie. I think more than maybe any other that uses a lot of stock footage did actually a, a, at least tried. Yeah, to, tried to implement like the the stuff off scene, off camera with the stuff that's happened. Like, yeah, that makes sense. yeah. You know, and like I mean, you know, it's it's funny like how there's definitely a, a certain section of this fandom, and and I'm in it. I'll admit that straight up that over the years has come to really revere uh, Godzilla versus Gigan. 
and there's shots in that movie where you could see Mothra crawling around. You can see Rodan at one point. You can point, see you can see Gyra as well. In the, <laughs> when the when like crawl, are, yeah, when yeah. he's like crawling through the trees. Um, and and yet this movie is considered you know like a a, a piece of crap because of the stock footage. It's just weird. Like, um, I feel like Godzilla versus Gigan is still considered a piece of crap by many. I'm not one of them. Oh, yeah, but many. I love Godzilla versus Gigan. Um. I do want to point out uh, this scene here, uh, which is pretty much a remake of a similar scene in Son of Godzilla. Uh, I don't have any real Japanese um, sources for this, but I have heard um, and read several times that um, this scene, uh, Honda decided he wanted to redo the scene from Son of Godzilla because he wanted Godzilla and Minya to have more of a a father-son bond instead of him having to, like... He's he's more of an asshole in the <laughs> in the son, in of, son Godzilla of Godzilla. Scene. Yeah, um, yeah. He's, he threatens to hit him several times. <laughs> yeah. So uh, and I I can definitely see that as being a possibility because we also have to remember Honda did not direct Son of Godzilla. Well, not only that, it was June Fukuda. Yes. Well, if you if you go back to the head cannon thing. Then you have uh, Ichiro wanting his dad to be around, and you see him basically at the beginning and the end of the film only. Yeah. Oh, we we just were treated to our first and only appearance of a Monster Island uh, monster, the Jared Fogel uh, plant monster. <laughs> Eat fresh. Uh, Eat fresh. He's got oh, to get those veggies a, from somewhere. That man. took a minute, but... <laughs> There's so many jokes there that I just can't. I can't even. I can't even do it. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Jerry Sandusky monster. Yeah. Oh, oh God. Uh, yeah. This. Uh, I don't know. This movie's like flying by already, though. This movie's like We're five minutes like, long. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> We've got like twenty minutes left. I mean, it's almost over already. But. Uh, no, that that scene that that's interesting. I I don't know if I've ever really picked up on that 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 moment, you know. But like when you watch it, and especially, <laughs> I like I said, I've I've seen Son of Godzilla like twice a week for the last uh, eight weeks, maybe. Um, Godzilla does like he threatens to slap Minya uh, when he's satisfied that like when he steps on Minya's tail and he's like satisfied that he can blow fire. He's just like, all right. I'm going to sleep and he goes back to sleep <laughs> and, and like, uh, Minya is like still awake and like breathes fire by himself and like, then crawls up next to Godzilla and Godzilla's like a, like asleep and <laughs> doesn't really give a shit about Minya. Like it is, a, it is a, a bit of a different context to the two scenes. It's, uh, the relationship is much less warm, uh, in son of Godzilla, which it's funny to me that like, how few people pick up on the notion that uh, he's the same species as Godzilla, but not his exact son, and and that's a big part of the reason why it's not a a, a very you know father son bond in that movie. Yeah, I don't think that was intentional though. To them, they were making son of Godzilla. Be <laughs> um, Godzilla. Now this guy in the middle here, he's from uh, Sea Monster. Ah, uh, yes. And then this guy he's... shows up in everything. He's uh, <laughs> this... yeah. 
<laughs> That's a great moment in this dub. It's things like that that do make me still enjoy this dub quite a bit. That was awesome. Um, and then uh, there's the the hole that in the he floor. covers up. <laughs> yeah, that parallels Achiro's uh, fall. Uh, oh. Oh yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like that. Like they they kidnapped him. I don't know these these guys are like the worst bank robbers ever. Ever, yeah. You wonder how they could actually like bank. Like, like I said, there's a bank there's a there's an almost Looney Tunes vibe to them. You know, like this this feels like a, a like a Bugs Bunny episode where like the the bank robbers. Have gotten out and like have decided to kidnap Bugs Bunny, and it winds up being like the worst idea in the world to them. They're like, like the Wet Bandits in Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this movie beat Home Alone to the punch. It it did. It definitely <laughs> did. I love that he's though he's okay. So here he's been kidnapped, right? And they've basically threatened uh, that they're gonna kill him, and he's like, "I'm just gonna escape." <laughs> <laughs> and actually, he goes to sleep. Um, that's weird he tried to do that earlier he tried to like like chant himself to sleep and it didn't work then it it works when his life's being threatened (laughs) you know he's like uh stress induced sleeper so is gabra like an adult monster who's just picking on like a kid yes monster what an asshole and he just (laughs) he just punched him straight in the face (laughs) <laughs> he's like twitching on the ground he looks like he's dead <laughs> he's got one of the more interesting powers uh like yeah. where he you know he he can electrocute you but like only if he's touching you it, it is a cool like it's a cool concept actually in the face <laughs> you know because like there's the money shot um face. but like you know, to have this power that's like actually a power, but you have to be touching the person, like the the opponent. Again, that's someone, very Jared Fogel-esque. Uh, <laughs> someone somewhere wrote a, a fan fiction where Gabra was like a, like almost like a Freddy Krueger type creature that was what like, a child molester. Wait, um, that's 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 a terrible. Well, remake. that would make this makes more sense. But like he he <laughs> he lives in dreams and he he can like. Why are you reading bad fan fiction about Gabbara? That's that's the more important question. Yeah, I just remember this from a long time ago. Okay, what I was gonna say is like uh, I don't know. That's, here's, if, if here's there, a great parenting moment. If there is a yeah, Dad, Dad, <laughs> go fight him. This, go this fight him. giant <laughs> thing, this 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 giant is about to beat the crap out of me. He just boots him. Meet <laughs> him in the stomach. What, and tells I, him what I was gonna say is, if they ever did want to redo Gabra, that's probably the only way I can think of to reboot a monster like that. That'd be weird, though. Oh yeah, it would definitely be weird. It, it would make a decent <laughs> comic book. I don't know if I'd want a movie like that. It would be like a, a parody of the one dude who did Japan, everything. It would be like Japan. that one episode of the yeah. uh, 98 animated yeah, series. Yeah, the 98 where... animated series had a cool episode where uh, there was a monster that was pretty much like that. Like came out of your dreams? <laughs> yeah. That was a good show. I do like this, though. That, like Godzilla's like, oh, I'm going to teach him a lesson, but I'm not going to let him actually get hurt. Yeah, man. And then you bite his arm. <laughs> 
<laughs> Those teeth have to hurt, man. Those things look sharp. I what, one thing I, I we got sidetracked. I wanted to bring up when we were still doing all the stock footage. Uh, did you notice that Ichiro gets like four monsters' names wrong in this? He says Bursaurus. Yeah, he says Gorosaurus. <laughs> he says Brosaurus. Angelus, he says like Angalus or something. And then so Kuma- basically, he's me, is what you're Kumanga, saying. Kumanga, he said like Goraboga or something. No, he says he says Kumanga, but he says it like weird. He says it almost like Gumanga. Uh, but what's interesting is this movie is where I learned Kamakuras because they're not called Kamakuras yeah, in Son funny. of Godzilla yes. in the in the dub. They are Gymantis. Um, and it's weird because I always, I always grew up calling Kumanga Spiga. Yep. Uh, but Kamakuras Kamakuras. So it's weird. Like what you pick up from the, the different movies. That is weird. Why, why didn't you say Gymantis? I don't know. Cause he realized it was a stupid name. Uh, I like Gymantis. Shut up, hater. Cause Ichiro taught me monster names. <laughs> I like how he just goes so. flying, <laughs> like <laughs> face like plants. This is where he really sounds like a car. This scene, <laughs> he really, really sounds like if he you got like the sound stuck in like second gear trying to shift. Yeah, but what's interesting is if you think about it, what's happening in the real world right now is the one uh, guy is trying to steal the car. Yeah. Eh? 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 Ooh. <laughs> it was like, yeah, you just kicked his face in. Good job, son. Now, the Godzilla Tom, I know Honda, <laughs> now Tom, I know Honda's a smart enough filmmaker that he would think of something like that. But that ain't what's happening here. <laughs> 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 I like how you just took a crap on something you've been talking about for 10 minutes. Shut up. <laughs> um, the Godzilla suit still looks good here, though. Yeah. Lord this Godzilla suit has actually grown on me quite a bit. I used to hate it. I the, I, uh, I love this Godzilla suit. By the time of the last the last time we see this in Godzilla vs. Gigan, it is it is not oh, yeah. looking too good. No, it's falling apart. Honestly, uh, this might be one of my favorite suits of the Showa period. I think the, I think the sixty two and the original suit are the only ones I might put above it. I like the '64 suit, but I, I I'm I, a big '64 fan. Yeah, but I'm not I'm not as I like Gaga about it as other people are. It might have something to do with also though that like the first Godzilla movies I saw, he he were with this suit. So yeah, this is this the the animation on the the electricity is pretty cool. I do like that actually. Yeah, I mean, for as much stock footage as there is, and for them obviously going the, you know, island route without, you know, demolishing miniature buildings, I mean, the the effects work is not bad. Pretty well. Yeah. That was a pretty good fight, honestly. Yeah. That camera has lost again. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's like rubbing his belly in victory. (laughs) You are a loser. And then this is where Ichiro, you know, he gets to, he learns a hard lesson. Never meet your heroes. 
<laughs> yeah, friend Godzilla don't because Godzilla, don't... yeah, Godzilla, <laughs> Godzilla is like, what? Who? What is that? No, <laughs> why? Why are you hanging out with my kid? Go away. So see, here we're revealed that he was asleep. Kid, you fell asleep. Really? <laughs> with that knife that you were about to kill me with, right there. Not just a knife, but a pocket knife. Well, you can still hurt him. No, I forgot the keys. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's odd. I love the the dolt guy. He's hysterical. He's the dumbest <laughs> robber. They're both the dumbest robbers. Why hey, are they even? Why are they even worrying about this? I don't know. I don't like. They, why can't they just take the guy's ID back and then leave? I don't know. Like this seems to complicate things for them a lot, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> like they they really don't need to be getting into kidnapping and a child. <laughs> and it, like, I love how they wear their sunglasses at night. In, in, in like a blackout. <laughs> In a dilapidated, pitch-black building that probably... I mean, we've already established there's holes in the floor. <laughs> like, why are they bringing him with them? Like, why wouldn't they just tie him up and leave him there? Yeah. They're the worst robbers ever. <laughs> <laughs> Look at how inconspicuous we are with this sunglasses bounding gag child and our sunglasses on. <laughs> I can't see anything, maybe because it's dark. <laughs> <laughs> and then I leave him. <laughs> so, but this is like, I mean, again, you got this, like you, like we said, this is a movie for what, like between five and 10 year old kids. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, and, and this is the, this is the part where like, this becomes the, the, I don't know, the, the <laughs> big action. Sequence. I love the little, Go- uh, he, he gets the Obi-Wan moment, uh, where <laughs> Minya shows Godzilla up. And- says we have to be strong <laughs> and fight our own battles. <laughs> and this, this is where Ichiro fights back. He just runs away. Well, he just bit that guy, <laughs> and then, and then somehow you see this. This is their this is their big problem. Oh, oh. <laughs> see, this is like it's it's comedic, like the the Pratt falls, like. But their their big problem was they let Ichiro get the taste of blood. Should have just killed him. And that he retreats been the back into the dangerous, dilapidated building because it's home alone. <laughs> this is my turf. I have to protect it. Waiting for the giant tarantula to come down on their face. <laughs> he just walks into that thing of boxes. Like, yeah, these guys are these. But like, again, that's you know, like we said, this is it's for five to ten year old kids. And like, these guys are threatening to five to ten year old kids while at the same time being dumbed down and goofy enough to like not terrify them. You know, like that, that is correct. That's a very that's a very avid point you're making. Like, because if these guys were like normal bank robbers, yeah, they'd have just like slit this kid's throat and left him in a warehouse <laughs> to die. Like, <laughs> the, this dingy. Like, if this was like a 
It was like a David Fincher movie. Like that's yeah. how it would end. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, aside from the Monster Island stuff, this kid might as well be living in a David Fincher movie because his <laughs> his environment is profoundly depressing. He's basically parentless. He has no friends. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then the cops just show up, and everything's okay. It's like Home Alone. Now I do it's, wonder, like, I don't know, like what? Well, it's established his parents aren't home a lot, but like when, like it. When this, would his dad be home at all? Because his dad's like a well, I guess. His dad is different because, like, his dad's a railroad guy. He's, like, a conductor or something, I guess. So you could see how his dad, like, wouldn't necessarily be home. But, like, when is his mom home ever? And what does she do that she's never home? Like, why isn't she home now? At, like, midnight? Yeah, I don't... I don't know. Well, she she calls him early in the earlier in the thing and says that she's not going to be home. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's true. working in a brothel. <laughs> she's not in a brothel. <laughs> uh, did you guys ever notice that the only time Ichiro and his dad are in the same frame is at the end of the movie? Yes. Uh, I, that was a deliberate choice, I think, to kind of show how much distance there is between them. So only time him and his mom are in the same frame too. Yeah. Movie ends on like this sour note too, with his mom, like in tears. It's, it's just, kind Hey, of- this car looks familiar. <laughs> <laughs> so what is his, like his mannerisms here? Like this guy, does, does it remind anyone else of like, could he, he could be skulking around looking like Roddy McDowell in Planet of the Apes to me. Like that's what he his mannerisms are like. I can see it. <laughs> um oddly enough Cornelius. <laughs> oddly enough, uh Ace Amamoto did not like his performance in this movie. Really? I think it's fine. I like I think it's good. Yeah, uh, I mean it it's said that um it's probably the closest to his real life personality, but uh, I he yeah oddly enough he he really kind of wasn't. He oh, this, this is what this guy was like in real life. I want to be his best friend. <laughs> and then he would. I think this would be his last Godzilla movie until he shows up as plot device ghost in uh, GMK. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, here comes the the fall, right? <laughs> yeah. Ooh. <laughs> oh my god, that looked like it hurt. <laughs> yeah, it really did. He just fell Down through the here. floor. Think about when you miss a step. I should have broke his leg. I think it might have. It's like every uh there's always like an episode of a sitcom where this happens to somebody. Except in Friends, it was a jellyfish, <laughs> and then they and then they all had to pee on her foot. I remember that episode. <laughs> I heard that doesn't actually work. Probably because you have to have like more 
uric acid in the pee than is actually in your pee. So, like, how how would like if Ammonia. Matt got stung by a jelly a jellyfish, like, what would I bet Windex would work better than pee? Like, how much would we have to like? Pee I bet on it's it? a, I bet it's the ammonia. Honestly, I would prefer not to have a golden shower, but thank you for that for the offer. But it's gonna help your jellyfish sting. How did he wind up with a box on his head? Is this guy in anything else, Godzilla wise? Uh, uh, I don't know. I will find out though. So talk amongst yourselves. Um, <laughs> he's got I, all these guys were someone. Do you do you do 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 do? Bam. But it's, it's it's such an interesting like we we talked we touched on it earlier. What a what a different message this movie sends as a kids movie than like a kids movie today would send. Uh, and <laughs> and, and, and we'll we'll even get to that too. Like like at the very end, we'll talk about it um, and and how how way different it is than anything you'd see in a movie today. But like yeah, uh, you know like especially. If a kids movie today had a kid like beating up a bank robber, like they'd be way more bumbling than even these guys are, oh, and like they wouldn't have a they wouldn't have a knife. They for, for sure. Tom, these would not have these a knife. Uh, these bank robbers show up in a bunch of stuff. Uh, the main the dumb one shows up as like a henchman in a lot of stuff, um, like a, an alien henchman. The other guy, I and I'm shocked. I I feel like an idiot now because. He's in a bunch of Kurosawa stuff. Uh, he was the reporter in Godzilla 54. Uh. I like how this guy tries to walk away. Like nobody's going to notice him. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one whose ID they have. Well, Ichiro has. And we would have got away Look with Look at this guy, though. He's like, yes, just take me to jail already. Like. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a sad moment. Let's go home now. No one's home. So yeah. that is tough. Like that is that's that's a hard like. Yeah, let's go home. But there's nobody there. Like, yeah, yeah he, he he's <laughs> he's like the hero of the day and everything. But like, his life didn't get any better. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we're coming up on this ending here. Um. Is I I feel like we we're gonna, probably going to talk about it a little bit. Um. So we have this nice little reunion, a, a very sweet scene with Ichiro and his mother. And then after that, we get to the final confrontation with him and uh, Gabara, uh, which <laughs> it really sends a mixed message, <laughs> this movie does. Um, I mean, uh, right now, obviously... Oh, this gee. part makes me sad. This oh, no, this, <laughs> no, this... Well, I, I'm going to share something with you guys in a little bit about this scene. Um, but first, I want to get the the, the yeah. white elephant Oof. out of the room and talk about the uh, the ending we're dealing with with the bullies. Uh, I mean, right now, especially... I mean, obviously, bullying has always been a problem. Always. Uh, but right now, I think, with the rise of just kids on social media and and just a lot of kind of things floating around that are very toxic uh especially within the last week we're hearing of of bullying in schools rising uh after the trump uh not uh not nomination but after he <laughs> he won the election um 
And there's a lot of nonprofit organizations that you can donate to to for anti-bullying campaigns. So let's let's not or uh, pretend. Or he, well, yeah, you could just punch your bully in right. the face. So let's not yeah. let's not pretend bullying is not a sensitive topic right now. I want to get that out of the way. It's something we're aware of. We know that there's cyberbullying where kids will kill themselves because they're picked on online. That's just the the world we live in right now. Uh, now the thing about this ending is within the context of the time period i can i can understand uh why this ending was chosen okay achiro as we're seeing right now is uh is is beating up gabra he's he's taking standing up for himself uh so with like i said for the time that this movie was made i can understand this ending uh and i but i think what bothers me and a lot of other people is that in in doing so he is quickly adopted into this gang of bullies and then in what must be your leader (laughs) yeah and then in in what what is probably the first of many crazy sociopathic actions (laughs) that achira would take in his life we are now seeing him march over to this guy who this guy painting this billboard who's got to have been there for how long has this guy been there now (laughs) At least a couple days that this movie's <laughs> been going on. And he knocks him over, and that is what it wins the acceptance of him into this this gang. Uh, and kind of by defeating the bully and doing this, he has now become a bully himself. Um, King of the bullies. Yeah. And so <laughs> so there's there's something that this movie could say if it were made now about how violence begets violence and blah, blah, blah. But obviously, that's not what they were going for. And I think that this ending, in a way, like I said, I can buy the ending of him defeating the bully and he's more confident, blah, blah, blah. But this kind of really undercuts all of that to me. And that's kind of, I don't know, that's a, that's a big issue I have with the movie. Uh, I know not, I know it's easy to laugh at and say it's stupid and it's funny, and it is stupid and funny. Uh, but it's, it's, it's really a bizarre choice. <laughs> I think for to have him pick on this poor guy and then demand that his father obstruct justice. So <laughs> <laughs> like every good father would do who's never around for his kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I, I like the part where he stands up to the bully. Cause I think that kids should do that. Uh, I, I, I think that's a, a good thing. I think you have to confront, I, think that's, I do like the line too. You bullies are all alike. You can't take it, you know. Like, but he yeah. is that, one of them. That now. actually sends it. That actually sends <laughs> yeah. like a pretty good message. Well, that's you know? why. Like, that's why I said it's a mixed message because he is. He's become one now. Yeah. By the end of it, you're right. When he when he takes it where he crosses the line is when he basically he ruins that guy's day by it, it's knocking just, him off the ladder. <laughs> thematically, it just undercuts what this movie was saying. Is it? Is it the? Is it the? The, the attacking the bully himself and the standing up for himself that you think does that, or is it is the is it the part where he attacks the guy in the ladder? It's when he attacks the guy in the ladder and how he's adopted into the group at the okay, end. Okay, well that yeah, part I can agree with. That part I, I think you're you're right about. What's interesting though is you know it's it's tough because it's almost like I think Honda just chose or whoever wrote it maybe even just chose a a poor cipher for a better example like yeah. because throughout the throughout the early part of the movie 
that Gabra is like, oh, Ichiro, I dare you to go honk that guy's bike horn. Like, I dare you to do it. And you know what? In fact, you're going to do it because I'll beat the crap out of you if you don't. And so, like, maybe if the example had been like, oh, Ichiro, like, you know, uh, jump off of, like, if there had been, like, a, a pool of water or something at, like, the the bottom of that building or something. And it was like, Oh, jump into that pool. I dare you. I dare you, right. you know? And so like, cause then Ichiro beats up Gabra and then does it on his own. Like, I don't need you to tell me what to do. I'll do what I want to do. That'd be like, different. yeah, like I, it, that I think is the message Honda's going for, you know, like yeah, I don't it's, need it's you just to tell poorly, me what to do. It's just poorly. I'll handled. do what I want to do. You, you're not the boss of me, type of thing. Um, but yeah, it, it's a it's a poor yeah. example. I think uh, Honda and Shinichi Sekizawa, who wrote it, they, I I think that it it gets muddled. I just don't think it's. I mean, I love Ishiro Honda. He's my favorite director of all time. But uh, I ain't gonna kick his kiss his ass. Um, so I want to share with you something about the ending, uh, and to do so, I'm just going to read a paragraph from David Callett's book, A Critical History and Filmography of Toho's Godzilla Series, and this is one of two passages in this book I want to read before we get out of here, but regarding the ending, <clears throat> so I'm going to read this passage here, it says, In the 1980s, Toho released several of Godzilla's adventures in severely condensed formats as a 12-volume video cassette. Uh, uh, set Toho Sp- SPFX. Honda edited the Godzilla films down to digest versions himself, and in the case of All Monsters Attack, made a significant and telling cut. And um, just to interject quickly, I'm wondering if maybe he ended up seeing maybe the flaws in the ending and wanted to go with something a little different. So to continue, the full-length version of the film con- concludes with Ichiro reassuring his mother that he is happy now. Although she weeps in shame for having to leave him alone, he hurries out to play with his friends. In the truncated version, Honda ends the film with the mother crying, not a, not a happy ending at all. The essential problem has not been resolved and cannot be. Ichiro's happiness is a form of self-delusion. He does not recognize the bleakness of his existence because he can escape to his fantasy world of Monster Island. In this way, All Monsters Attack resembles Terry Gilliam's dark satire Brazil, which also concludes with the hero in a happy delusion, unable to change the cruelty and harshness of his real world. Yeah, that's... uh... It's it's interesting to wonder if uh, if maybe it hadn't been uh, Honda or um, or if maybe it had had a is Sekizawa the one who wrote Matango also that was Kim- Takeshi Kimura who was so the- you okay so yeah you wonder if if maybe Kimura had 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 a a hand in writing this if if maybe this is it, how he would have ended the movie <laughs> if it would have ended that way yeah. or if you know if 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 it maybe hadn't been directed by Honda because you know Honda always wanted to end with like a belief in 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 people you know in the in the better side of people like yeah. that was always his um so it would be interesting you know if if maybe someone else had kind of taken it like and really picked up on you know we we were talking about it as we were watching it that that moment where Ichiro says yeah but nobody's home and he's and he's sad, like even though he's the hero of the day, like his life hasn't changed. Like if a different director would have taken yeah. it in that direction, direction. It's very interesting that he, Honda was given the chance to kind of re-edit the movie, and that's where he decided to end it. Um, that's if, sad. Well, yeah. If it did end that way, though, a lot of my problems with that ending 
I mean, it would. I I don't know. It would be a more sad ending, a less upbeat ending, a less kid friendly ending. But I think thematically, it would at least kind of be a better payoff because Ichiro is already standing up to bullies when he fights against the bank robbers. That's true. Yeah. One thing I want to circle back to is kind of talking about that. I mean, since I've had a kid and since, you know, my, my wife and I uh, are thankfully, we have a lot of help with uh, both sides of my, my my parents and her parents are both able to watch uh, my son fairly frequently. And uh, when he was first born, um, my wife made the decision to, to stay home with him. And like that, the idea of like two working parents who never get to see their kid, like that hits me in the gut, and that's why you know my wife wanted to stay home so that we could avoid that whole thing. Because there's a ton of kids that they don't get to see their parents. Um, my parents, you know, usually my dad works second or third shift, and my mom worked first, kind of like Tom's did. So that one of them were, you know, they were always home. But you got to think too for them. That means they never get to see each other except for maybe like three hours during the day. Mm-hmm. So like then you have that dynamic, and like this movie, it. it I don't know, it it just makes me sad and I'm glad that we're you know for me and my wife and my son we can for right now we're able to not have to go through that but like it really is for me gut-wrenching for all the kids that do um it, and, that, and that's why this movie it, I I think I do enjoy it is because it speaks to that so much and like man being a father it will like wreck your world in a lot of ways cuz I I can't make it through movies like this without like just feeling sad right. <laughs> feeling sad and mopey and I, I, I just feel like that, that angle, which is ultimately the point of what this movie is saying, is glossed over so much in fans complaining about stock footage and Minya's stupid and blah, blah, blah. And it's, that's all well and good. That's, if that's how you feel, that's perfectly valid. But I feel like the, the fact that nobody's even talking about what this movie is actually doing is kind of sad. Um, kind of similar to how I feel about Shin Godzilla almost, and I, I profoundly disagree with what Shin Godzilla says, and I don't think that, even discarding that, I don't think it's that strong of a movie, but I'm not gonna discredit and just not talk about it just because I don't like the movie. I'm not gonna say any, I'm not just gonna neglect to say anything about the intentions of the movie or what the movie's saying just because I don't like it. I just think that that's lazy on the fans' part. And, and I, again, I think that fans should know that Ashiro Honda is not a stupid filmmaker. This is probably on his lower, uh, you know, bracket of films, but he always had something to say. And I, I just, it's, it's very unfortunate that fans don't want to talk about, and I mean, we touched on this in the last, uh, the, the Shin Godzilla episode, like, it's unfortunate that fans don't want to talk about what these movies are actually talking about and have a conversation about them. They want to talk about who would win in a fight, this guy or this guy. And <laughs> it's all about the monsters, not about the storytelling. Right. And and again, and this movie has good storytelling. This movie, well, well, that's, you know, like like we said, yeah, you could sure it it undermines itself a little bit at the end, but like yeah, it it accomplishes what it sets out to do. You know, it, it sets out to be a this is this is this more than more than probably any other Godzilla movie ever is a kids movie. Yes. Uh more than more than anyone ever before or since this is a kids movie with with the goal of 
of speaking to kids and entertaining kids. And, you know, what we've talked about is it's got good pacing and it speaks to real issues that real kids actually come up against. And uh, the, the kids in this are relatable. They're not like... Like Ichiro himself, there's nothing like special or different about him that makes him, you know, like some unrelatable kid that like, you know, he's not like Richie Rich or, you know, like something crazy like that. Like he's not uh, a beacon to to hold up to, nor is he uh, uh, like a, a cautionary tale. He's just like a kid like this this movie accomplishes its goal of of being a, a kids movie that's relatable for kids yeah um it it really does um and i again i think the the concept is very very original and cool to say okay we need to make a godzilla movie for really really young kids because that's what they're seeing these gamera movies for what can we do and we also have no money how do we make this work well, we'll make a story about uh, a lot of the the ur- the, the urban struggles, the, the struggles that kids in urban areas have in the ghettos and the slums, where it's about a kid that's obsessed with monster movies, and we'll tell the story that way. Like, I think that's a, almost an ingenious approach. And so one, one thing I can hear people saying is, okay, so you've made a good argument for how this is a kid's movie. Why should I, as an adult, care, right? And I think that there's there's a couple of arguments. One is like, you know, like Matt said, like if you're a parent or you know if you know parents or things like that, like you do get a a different lens on this movie. And like even like I can I can tell right now that my view of this movie is going to kind of keep changing and evolving over the next few years as my kids get older. Right now, I see it as just one that will entertain my kids for an hour and nine minutes because it is very well paced. Um, and there, it, it doesn't have large lulls where there's no kaiju, no monster action going on. There's, there's, it's peppered throughout and it's well done in that respect. And, uh, the times where there's not, there's, there's something else going on too. It's not just dull. Um, and then, you know, as I get a little, as my kids get a little older, I'm sure I'll see it a little differently and everything. But like as an adult, like even before having kids, I think this this kind of helps you remember what it was like to be a kid. And it helps you remember what it was like to to watch these movies as a kid and to to idolize Godzilla. And he is your he's your superhero. Like this is for a lot of us. This is like our Superman, you know, and uh and so, like, yeah, maybe this movie itself doesn't exactly speak to you now, but, like, it spoke to a version of you. And this can help you, to me, this, like, can help you get in touch with that a little bit and and remember what it was like to be a, a seven-year-old kid discovering a lot of these movies for the first time. And uh, it it just works. And it's, God, it's it's 70 minutes long. <laughs> it's not it, it doesn't like insist upon itself or anything yeah. it just it yeah, it's gets breezy. so it gets uh, to what it's doing and it's done and i i mean listen this isn't a this isn't a top 10 this isn't a top even half of this series for me i just think um you routinely see it in like the bottom three and i think that's unfair because i think there are uh i think there's at least 
five movies in this series that fall short of their own goals more than this movie does. So, Matt, uh, what are your uh, closing thoughts on Godzilla's Revenge? I mean, I, I think I, I covered a lot of it. I, I, just for me, the, the biggest impact is becoming a parent really opened your eyes to looking at things differently and trying to put yourself in a childlike mindset. I mean, a lot of the movies that I mean, the movies that followed after this were also technically made for for kids because they were at least at the uh, what, Champion Festival or, or whatever. But this movie, especially, if you can put your 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 mindset in what would a child want to see in a film and how can I relate to it that way, then I think you can enjoy it. Not only that, but it actually has good storytelling and um, it's like Tom said, it's breezy. So for me as a parent and as someone that has a son and has, and you know, looks at those kind of things, like it's, it's a solid movie. It's not my favorite movie. It's going to be in the bottom tier of most Godzilla films, but I think it's very enjoyable for those who want to actually give it a shot and not just uh, take a dump on it because of, you know, Ichiro and, and Minya, basically. Yeah. Um, again, like I said, uh, this it's just, I, I do feel like this movie needs to be examined under a different criteria than most of the movies in the series. Um, it's a weird outlier, along with the 54 film, along with Godzilla vs. Hedera, along with the 98 film, along with Shin Godzilla. These are weird deviations from what you ex- people expect out of a Godzilla movie and examining it as under a, a different framework and under the context in which it was made, why it was made and what the movie is actually saying, I really do feel like this one is due to be reevaluated. Um, uh, and I, and I, I'm sticking up for it, but again, this is one of my, this is in the bottom for me, it's it's just I feel like it, it, while it's not well, it is probably one of the worst for different reasons, like the stock footage and some of the general obnoxiousness of of Minya and the the bullies and the ending, especially for me, the ending's a big issue. Um, it, it it is a smarter movie than people get it give it credit for. Um, now, most people would probably rank this in like very low. Uh, on a, bottom, a scale? bottom three, probably. Yeah, on a scale, someone would probably rank this very low. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and give this two and a half uh, humiliated billboard painters out of five. <laughs> it's not good enough where I can go a three and say, yeah, it's a pretty good one, but it's just not something I'd watch over other, other, any of the other ones. This is what one that I'll probably rarely pop in if I want to watch a Godzilla movie. But it, I do. I'm not gonna go the way most people would and say like one, one and a half. I think it's a much smarter movie than that, and it does deserve more credit than that. So I'm going with two and a half. What are you guys going with? I'm going with uh, three. I'm going with three sukiyakis <laughs> out of five. All right, man. Uh, yeah, it's it, you know, it, and honest to God, on the on the right day. This could be a three and a half. Uh, now you're just talking crazy. But but that's 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 a personal enjoyment type of thing. But like, no, I to me it's a solid three. Uh, you know, for all the reasons I've said, it, it makes me makes me feel like a kid. I think it's breezy. I think it accomplishes its goal of of being a kids movie. Um, this is a movie that I would push as high as a as a four with 
uh, new, with, with new, <laughs> with new. No, I would push as high as a four if it was not stock footage. Um, and then I could keep pushing it higher if other little things were tweaked. But uh, you know, the, the stock footage does bring it down, but I don't think it ruins it. Right. This is a three. Matt, where where are you going numerically here? Uh, I would say two and a half. Uh, I think from a film perspective, the stock footage is still a problem, although I think it blends together well with the, the stuff that was actually shot for the film. Um, but it's definitely a two and a half because the other things that were shot, you know, the characterizations actually work really well. Uh, so I'm going to go two and a half. I think there's a smart movie in there for those who want to give it a shot. All right. Uh, and again, um, I'm going to close out by reading... Uh, another passage from David Callett's book. Um, it, more or less, he kind of agrees that this is a movie that's ripe for uh, reevaluation. Um, and just regarding the negative, and I think the three of us have more or less agreed, the undeservedly negative reputation the movie has. And it harkens back to something I said earlier about how maybe it's making the fans look at something that might not be comfortable to them. So uh, it says, um, so I'm going to read out of it here. Longtime fans of Godzilla have faced the ridicule heaped upon their hero from all sides. Fans try to explain their obsession and justify their fandom to those who do not understand. But the appeal runs very deep to an innocence of childhood that some individuals never lost. Mike Bogue, writing for the magazine Wonder, called it the inner ten-year-old. Perhaps what makes All Monsters Attack such a polarizing experience is that it is so obviously aimed at such a young audience that it makes adults uncomfortable. Watching other Godzilla films allows adults to, to sate the desires of that inner 10-year-old without breaking the veneer of the mature adult. All Monsters Attack asks the viewer to regress too far to an inner 6-year-old, maybe, and so fans protest. For those who give in to the... Uh, Entreaties, this is a word I don't understand, but whatever, uh, though an unsettling subtext awaits. In the final installment of the 60s, Sekizawa and Honda crafted a subtle and provocative critique of Japanese industrial society and an accurate look at the psychology of the series' fans woven into an escapist film for children. So that's, yeah. that's just some food for thought there. So let yourself be a kid again and enjoy Godzilla's revenge. Yeah. You crotchety old bastards. <laughs> Face the fact that you were and maybe still are a Chiro. Come to grips with that. Rewatch the movie. And uh you'll be I think you'll be you'll be okay from there on out. Yeah. Cause what kid wouldn't want to hang out on Monster Island? Come on. We all would. What what adult wouldn't? Yeah. What person wouldn't? Not a normal one, but... Like Trump? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what he... I hear that's what he's renaming the White House. Monster, Monster Island. Island. <laughs> he might as well. <laughs> um, so that's Godzilla's Revenge. Hopefully... You've watched it and enjoyed it with us, and hopefully we've maybe shine. I'm hoping maybe we can shine a new perspective on this movie, and hopefully someone can can listen to this and walk away thinking, yeah, it's not that bad after all. I think we're good. You kid again. Enjoy it. Please, right now you need it. Give in.
Um, what do, what do they say when they're like broadcast over and out over and out okay <laughs> over and out.